0: That is, that God can do anything and that we cannot do anything to God. As we will soon see, there are verses in Tanakh which express this fundamental concept. In this week's Shior, we will investigate a comment by Rashi that seems to contradict this principle. In Parshas Hazinu, we read that Moshe Rabbeinu says to the people, Perek Base Beis Sur Yolodcha Teshi, the rock, the source of strength and protection. Yolodcha, that gave birth to you, that created you, Teshi. Now this word Teshi is difficult to translate. In one explanation, Rashi says it means Tishkach, you will forget. But we're going to concentrate on Rashi's second explanation. Rashi says, Vrabesenu darshu, our rabbis expounded, they explained this word. It's in a Midrash. lehitiv lachem. When Hashem will come to bestow goodness upon you, when he comes to do so, atem machisin lefanov. You cause anger in front of him. You act inappropriately and you cause him anger. Umatishin lachem. And you weaken his strength. From being able to bestow goodness upon you. What is the meaning of this word? Matish Koikoi. Rashi is explaining that Teshimi is like the word Lahatish. Now, this sense of the letters Tov and Shin, to the best of my knowledge, it is not found in that sense anywhere in Tanakh. It is found in the words used by Rashi himself. In Parshas Balayischa, Perik Yud Alef Zion, in a certain uh, situation, which is not necessary at the moment to discuss, but in a certain situation, uh, Rashi says about Moshe Tashash Koichai, his power was weakened. So this these letters Tav Shin, uh, sometimes with an, with another Shin, in this pasuk without the extra Shin, but this uh, root means to become weak. So according to Rashi, the Pesach is saying, Sur Yoladcha, the rock that gave birth to you, Teshi, you cause him to become weak. You, Chlal Yisrael, you cause God to become weak so that he is unable to bestow goodness upon you because of your inappropriate deeds. Now, this is puzzling. Question number one, how is it possible to weaken God's strength? The Maharal, in his super commentary on Rashi, Gur Aryeh, he quotes a Pusik in Iyov, chapter Lamed Hey, Pusik Vav. Im Chatosa If you have sinned, what will you accomplish in him? What will you work in him? Meaning you won't work any change in God. Gurabu Fisha and if your sins are many, ma taselloy, what are you doing to him? So the way the Maral understands this passage in Eve, it is saying that no matter what you do, you're not actually causing any effect, any change in who God is. It's not like if you punch me, my nose might bleed. So you're affecting a change in me. But if you metaphorically punch Hashem, you're not metaphorically going to cause God a bloody nose. You can't accomplish anything. You cannot affect any change in Hashem. That's the Maharal's proof text, which he uses to, to ask the question that we are raising. Interestingly, in Sefer Iyov, so Rashi on this pasuk does not say anything, but, there is a commentary known as Talmud Rashi, which is printed in some editions of Eiv. And there, this, this uh, disciple of Rashi explains the pasuk differently. He says, If you have sinned, what will you accomplish? What kind of satisfaction will you cause to Hashem? Through your sins, and if your sins will be many, what can you do for him? In order to appease him, so according to this Talmud Rashi, who very likely was influenced by the by the, the teachings of his of his mentor Rashi, he explains the pasuk in a different way. This pasuk is saying what satisfaction do you give to Hashem when you sin, and how can you possibly appease Him if you will have many sins? According to this explanation, this Posik in Yoyev is not expressing our axiomatic concept that God is omnipotent and that we cannot uh, effect any change in God. However, just for the record, there is a pasuk just a few p'sukim earlier, in Parshas Hazinu, that according to Rashi, is expressing, I think, this axiomatic point. In Parshas Hazinu, in uh, p- p- chapter Lamed Base, pusik he we'll just read three words of the p- Pasek, Shiches Loi Lo. He has acted in a destructive way, this is referring to the Jewish nation, they have acted destructively, they have acted inappropriately and destructively, lo, lamed vav, to him, lo, lamed aleph, not. Not to him. So Rashi tells us that the explanation of this Pesach is, kitagumai, it's according to the way that Unkelas translates it into Aramaic, and Rashi quotes, chabilu lo le. They have acted destructively to themselves, not to him. In other words, if Klai Yisrael has sinned and, and, and done all kinds of uh, destructive behavior, but they shouldn't think that they're somehow spitting at Hashem and landing their spit or punching and causing a bloody nose. No, it's lolay. It has no effect on Hashem. It has an effect on them. So we see here this this, uh, axiomatic point. That's question number one. How can Rashi possibly say in his comment on Pasuk Yudches that uh, when we sin, we uh, limit Hashem's ability to bestow goodness upon us? And question number two is that even if this is somehow possible, we have to identify What is it that Kalal Yisrael did, or are going to do in the future, from the standpoint of Moshe Rabbeinu at that time, what is it that they could do that would cause this extreme reaction? We can understand that if a person or if a whole nation sins, so they may be slapped in certain ways. There may be a certain punishment to awaken them to rectify their ways. But this idea that through sinning it is possible to reduce Hashem's ability to bestow goodness, besides the fact that it's very hard to understand how that's possible at all, but it's also hard to understand, or at least it needs clarification, what kind of a bad deed, what kind of an inappropriate deed would bring about such a situation. As we mentioned, our first question is raised by the Maharal in his commentary, Gur Arye. Let us take a look at his answer. First, the Maharal says as follows. He points out that Rashi and the Midrash from which he is drawing his source are very particular. In saying, I quote the Maharal, Shehem Matishin Hakoyach. That the Bnei Yisrael, when they sin, they weaken the power. Roeseloymar. This means to say, writes the Maral, Hakoyach Itoi Metishin, the power that is from Him, from Hashem, they weaken. Loichas veshalom shiyu matishin oisoi yizborach. But not, God forbid, that they are actually weakening Hashem. They are weakening a certain energy, a certain action that Hashem normally takes, that Hashem normally bestows goodness on Kalal Yisrael and on all creations, when Kalal Yisrael sins in some certain fashion, which we have not identified yet, but when Klay Yisrael sins to some level and to some particular way, so Matish and Hakoyach, they can limit a particular power that Hashem has. And now the Maharal says that the idea here is, and I quote, When there is a receiver of Hashem's goodness, then there is a giver. ein and when there is no receiver, hainu, that means kasher ein yisrael the kabel. That means when the Jews are not fit to receive the goodness from Hashem, oz ki ilu ein kan mekabel. So then it is as if there is no re, there is no receiver at all, vechasher ein And when there is no one to receive Hashem's goodness, yisulak So then the power of the giver is removed. And he says that's what's called Hatosha's Koyak. That's what Rashi refers to as a weakening of Hashem's strength. Kikashar Ainkan Mekabil saw koyach Poel, because when there is no one fit to receive Hashem's goodness, so then it comes out that there it's not in existence the kayach po'el, the power of the one who does, of the one who gives. And he concludes the Maral with the following words: This is a very wondrous and covered matter. This is not a simple matter. But the idea seems to be not that we can actually weaken Hashem, but we can cause HaKadosh Baruch Hu to decide not to bestow upon us certain good things. And it's as if he is unable to give those things because the ability to give is predicated on the existence of someone who can receive. When there is no one on the receiving end, so I'm putting it now in my words. I'm not sure if this is what the maharal really means. But when there is no one on the receiving end, so then the ability to give is, is, is irrelevant and it's as if it's not here. This is, uh, these are the words anyway of how the maharal answers our first question. Our second question is, what kind of sin exactly would lead to this response? that it would be as if we are limiting Hashem's power and ability to bestow goodness upon us. And I think the answer is in the previous Passach. In Passach Zion, it describes some sins that Kalah Yisrael is going to do. Yizbuchu l'shedim le'aloha. They will slaughter sacrifices to shedim, to demons that are not a god. Elohim lo To gods that they did not know new deities that have come recently. As Rashi explains, their forefathers had never feared them before. Let us focus on the words that they will slaughter to shade him to demons of some sort, lo eloha, that are not divine. On those words... Rashi says, Loy aloha He says we should explain them as the targum uncilis, as the Aramaic translation does. The lace behind sroich, that they do not have any sroich. Now, what is sroich? The mepharshim explain that the word sroich means ability. So the pasuk is saying they will slaughter. Korbanois, they will slaughter sacrifices to some sort of a deity that really is Lo aloha, that has no ability whatsoever to bestow goodness upon them, etc. And then the next pasuk that we have been focusing on says, Surya Lodha Teshi, that the rock that has borne you, Teshi. You have weakened his strength. You have limited his ability to bestow goodness upon you. And what I think is being stated, what is going on here, is that there is a Mida connected Mida, there is a measure for measure. They slaughtered Korbanais to these Shadim, Deleis Behind sreich, that do not have any ability. They are really powerless, meaningless entities. Therefore, what is the result of that? That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is the Bal HaKoyach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is the one who has all of the power in the world, the one who is omnipotent, will turn around to Klai Yisrael and say, so to speak, you are sacrificing to an entity that has no power, my power is now unavailable to bestow goodness to you. And we see something, I think, very much like this, a parallel to this, in Tehillim, Perik, Yud Ches, Posik, Mem The Posik says, Yishavu, they will turn, they will uh, pray or turn to something. We'll see what that something is in a moment. Ve'ein Mashiach, and there is no one to save them. Al Hashem, and they will turn towards Hashem, V'loy Anom, and He will not answer them. Rashi explains as follows in Tehillim, Yeshavu l'avaytazorah shalahem. These uh, evil people will turn to their avaytazorah, to their idols, the Edm Shia, and they will find that there is no salvation in these idols. As Rashi says, because the idol has no ability. Now, the next part of the Pesach says, al Hashem, towards Hashem. So Rashi says, and then they go back and they call out to Hashem. First, they call to the idols, nobody home, because the idol, of course, has no ability to answer and to fulfill their needs. Then they turn and they call to Hashem. And what is Hashem's response? He doesn't answer them. I think this is a parallel to our Pasek and Hazinu. It is saying here that when people turn to idolatry, which has no ability to bestow goodness upon them, and then they turn around and they ask Hashem for favors, Hashem says, I'm sorry, nobody home. I don't have the ability to help you. It's mida Kenegan mida. You looked for help in a place where there is no power to help you, it's as if you were it's as if you weakened my ability to help you. Of course, we should just insert here Shuva helps. If there's a real teshuva, if there's a real repentance, if there's a real reordering of the person's priorities, and he realizes that calling upon the Yavad was a terrible mistake, and that Hashem is not just a, a replacement. Hashem is not just a, a second opinion when the first opinion doesn't please you. But he truly realizes that calling upon the idol, the idol was a terrible mistake. And now he regrets what he did. And now he's ready to come to Hashem sincerely and ask for help. So then Hashem is not going to turn his back on such a person. But the Pasek here is talking about a person who's simply shopping for, uh, for good products. He goes first to the idol, he doesn't get what he wants, so I'll go to the second store. I'll go to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, no, I can't do it either. I can't help you either, because it's mida keneged mida. It's measure for measure. You look for help from an entity which cannot help you, I can't help you either. One might raise the question, is this all relevant to our times when idolatry is not prevalent? yes we have explained then would people turn to idolatry to fulfill their needs and idolatry of course has no ability whatsoever to fulfill our needs so then HaKadosh Baruch borohu turns around so to speak and says i can't help you either but what about today when i would assume i think it's fair to say that most of us do not engage in actual idolatry is this still relevant and the answer, I think, is a resounding yes. The Gemara in Maseches Makas Tavchof Gimel says that the first two of the Aseres of the Ten Commandments or of the Ten Statements, I am Hashem your God and there shall be no other gods before me shimanum, we heard them directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, meaning The other Dibrais we heard through the agency of Moshe. Moshe heard them from Hashem, and then Moshe told them to us. Because, as it is explained in the Torah in several places, we were too overwhelmed by the experience of hearing Hashem's voice to continue. But the first two Dibrais, the first two statements, I am your God, and you shall not do idolatry, those we heard directly. In the Sefer Tanya, the Alter Rebbe, the founder of Chabad Chasidus, and in many other Sforim, explains that in fact, this is not just a coincidence, that, well, we after we heard the first two mitzvahs, we simply couldn't bear to hear any more, and so Meisher Rabbeinu took over as our Shaliach as our agent. Now, the al Rebbe in Tanya explains that these two mitzvahs, Anoichi and Valoyiyeh, are two general categories into which all other mitzvahs of the Torah fit, either into one or the other. The al Rebbe explains that all mitzvahs, all proper positive behavior, is in the category of Anoichi Hashem Elokecha, I am Hashem your God. All positive mitzvahs, all the things that the Torah commands us that we must do. So that those are all subcategories of a declaration that Hashem is my God. All Averos, all mitzvahs say, all the mitzvahs where the Torah tells us what we are not allowed to do, they all fall into the category of loyiyah. They are all, in a way, subcategories of the prohibition of idolatry. How can we understand that? Because I think anyone who does any kind of sin is really ascribing some power to some entity other than Hashem. For example, a person who eats non-kosher food, knowingly. So what is that person saying? He's really saying my sustenance, my nutrition, does not come from God, it comes from this pig. Because if my sustenance would really come from Hashem, and Hashem told me, don't eat the meat of a pig, well, of course I wouldn't eat the meat of a pig. How am I going to get sustenance from Hashem if He told me not to take my sustenance, not to, not to take my nutrition from this particular animal? The fact that the person is, is eating pork, he's eating non-kosher meat, he is declaring I serve some other entity, not Hashem. I feel that my my benefits come from elsewhere. A person who refuses to do a mitzvah say, for example, a person who refuses to give tzedakah in a situation in which he is obligated according to the halacha. So what is that person saying? He's saying my money comes Not from Hashem. My money comes from my strong hand, my cunning intellect, my energy that I use in business in order to gain my money. And therefore, it's mine. I don't give it away. Some bum that is not as smart as me and not as strong as me, why should I bother taking care of him? He is, in effect, serving idolatry in a certain sense he is serving his strong hand and his cunning mind rather than attributing his his uh, his sustenance and his financial success to hashem and so it comes out that anyone who either does a, a sin or fails to do a mitzvah is in effect ascribing power to an entity other than hashem and thereby we learned In the Pasek that we are studying in this shir, he thereby limits, in some limited way, God's ability to bestow upon him the normal goodness that Hashem does want to bestow on every person. And so, in fact, this Pasek that we have learned in Parshas Hazinu is 100% relative in our times. We should mention here, no one should become discouraged the Sefer Sfas Emes in many places says the following idea. It's really based on the words of our sages. In many places where the Sfas Emes discusses the consequences of some negative behavior, he will discuss it, he will emphasize it, he will point out how far the consequences go, but then he will say, tova maruba He will quote, our sages who say that Hashem's attribute of being good, of being generous, is greater than Hashem's attribute of punishing inappropriate behavior. And therefore, if, when a person acts inappropriately, he, so to speak, limits Hashem's ability to bestow goodness upon him, all the more so when a person does proper behavior, when a person acts Appropriately, he is opening up the well-springs. He is adding, so to speak, to Hashem's ability and he is encouraging and and we can almost say forcing Hashem's hand to bestow upon him koltuv. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebookcom be more.